Greetings. It's time for Converging Streams, Interfaith Fellowship in Our Modern World. Our program is a production of the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship and the Unitarian Universalist Church of Muncie. The topic for today's program is the power of dialogue. Please welcome Reverend Thomas Perchlick of the Unitarian Universalist Church of Muncie. Do you believe it is possible for atheists and Christians to worship together and find communion with one another? Is it possible for Hindus and agnostics, for Buddhists and atheists, for Christians and Hindus all to be in a a community together to find communion and a shared spirit? I not only believe that it's possible, I have seen it happen. Every week, I see it happen in the Unitarian Universalist Church of Muncie and in many other Unitarian Universalist congregations and communities across the country. People of diverse religious beliefs come together and find a powerful, inspiring, spirit-filled community. And how do they do it? They do it by engaging in dialogue by seeking shared values and purposes, by being guided by principles instead of doctrines. There's an old saying amongst the Unitarians that it is deeds, not creeds, that matter. Draw from that old Christian idea that faith without works is dead. But the deeds are not simply supplemental or expressive of Faith, they are the very core, the very life of faith, and the kind of deeds that you engage in, the kind of practice you engage in, determines the fruits that are produced in your life. Of course, it's more complex than simply deeds above creeds. There are creeds, there are beliefs, there are things that we hold to as Unitarian Universalists, and above all of these is this belief in the power of dialogue, of seeking unity of the spirit through the discipline of dialogue and building community. Dialogue for us is a religious discipline, sort of like prayer and fasting is a religious discipline, yoga is a religious discipline, Uh, devotional scripture reading is a form of discipline in a religion, so is dialogue the willingness to engage with another person, to speak with them, to listen, to understand. What do I mean by dialogue exactly? Dialogue is most clearly understood if you oppose it to debate. Dialogue is, first of all, collaborative. It means that two or more sides are working together in the dialogue towards common understanding. Debate, on the other hand, is oppositional. There are two sides, and they are opposing each other in an attempt to prove the other one wrong. In dialogue, the goal is to find common ground. You go into a dialogue looking, believing that there is a common ground and seeking to find it. However, in debate, winning is the goal. It's to, to destroy the opponent and make sure that your ground is the only one remaining. In dialogue... It is essential that you listen to the other side in order to understand, find meaning, find agreement. Whereas in debate, one listens to the other side only to find flaws, only to 
counter-arguments. Dialogue enlarges and can even change a participant's point of view, whereas debate simply reinforces and solidifies a participant's own point of view. Dialogue is essential. It is essential for Unitarian Universalist practice. I am a minister of Unitarian Universalist Church. It is essential and central to the life of the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship. It is the discipline, it is the practice of that group is to engage in dialogue on a regular basis. And it is and the reason that both of these groups, the UU Church and the Interfaith Fellowship, engage in dialogue and practice dialogue is because we know that it is needed for all the world. This world is increasingly becoming smaller. We are all diverse peoples and cultures being crushed closer and closer to one another. And the diversity within the United States of America is increasing radically. Just the other day, I saw a Muslim woman with the Muslim head, headscarf shopping at Meyer grocery store. And I heard some people speaking Spanish in the Meyer grocery store. I saw African-American people and actual Africans who had come to Ball State. They're all in that same store. You can experience this diversity. These people are all coming closer and closer. The Opportunities for encounter are increasing, and the need to form community with one another is increasing. And the world, that's just within the United States, in the world as a whole, people are running into one another. What happens in Palestine affects what happens in New York City. What happens in Beijing affects what happens here in Muncie. We're all becoming woven together, and we have to get to know one another. We have to find common ground. We must build community, and there is no discipline greater, no spiritual gift greater than the ability of human beings to find common ground in dialogue. I want to give you an example, a very concrete example of the power of dialogue. There's nothing in this country right now that's more divisive than the argument over abortion. If you have engaged in any unpleasant conversations about abortion, if you have simply listened to the news, you know how divisive this can be. And this is because the people on the two sides of the debate come from very different moral grounds. One simply affirms that complete human personhood, moral personhood, begins at conception the other has a moral ground, a moral position that the, the personhood of a fetus is partially human and progressively human, growing towards birth. And even then, still, just even up until a few weeks before birth, uh, there is a, a tension between the life of the mother and the life of that fetus. These two moral points of view can never be reconciled. You cannot find an easy common ground between the two of them. There are mutually exclusive arguments about where moral personhood begins. One is at birth, one is at conception. You can't simply come up with a, a weak compromise in the middle saying, oh, well, it's somewhere in the middle that, that we're going to decide that there's going to be a moral ground because then each one has lost its own integrity. And I have seen people try to talk about abortion and simply be divided painfully over it. But in Lubbock, Texas, I knew of a group of women who came together across the abortion debate. And what they decided to do was not talk about abortion at all. 
They decided to not talk about anything that happened before the birth of a child. And they began to talk about what they hoped would come of winning the abortion abate, uh, debate, what kind of children would be produced, what kind of world would be produced, what, how, what kind of relationships between parents and children would be created as a result of their activities. And they found seeking dialogue, seeking to discuss and share their personal views about children and nurturing children, that they were all on the same page, that they all believed exactly the same things, that they cared passionately about children, that they were heartbroken about the abuse and neglect that they saw of children in this world. And so they started to work together. They found common goals, shared goals, things they could work on. Neither one had changed their moral position about abortion at all. But they had changed the world because they had found community and communion with one another through the process of dialogue. The power that's within dialogue can help in, in very politically, morally divisive issues like this. And it can also bring us together across religious differences. And that is why it is a central practice of the Unitarian Universalist Church. For there we bring people, some who are atheists, others who are devoted Christians, some who are Hindu, some who are rather agnostic and vague in their religious point of view, and they sh we share our experiences, we share our faith, we share our religious grounding, and we find common ground. We find a unity of spirit and openness to creativity and to love in the world. No one compromises our faith. When you, there are several rules that are essential for interreligious dialogue, especially religious dialogue. You, you should not come in to compromise your faith. If you come in as a Christian, you come in to strengthen and clarify and, and hold to the integrity of your faith. You do not want to, as I said with the abortion debate, come up with some weak or shallow agreement. Integrity is essential for dialogue. But there must not only be an integrity within yourself, but also a respect for the integrity of another person. You must believe that there are valid reasons, good human reasons that have guided them to be who they are. You need to respect that, value the strength of the other. You need to be open to at least learn and find common ground. You need to make sure, especially in a religious circumstance, that you not exploit the dialogue as an opportunity to convert the other or you will shift back into the debating mode. It's to learn to strengthen your own faith and to help the other grow in their faith. If conversion should come, it might be a blessed thing. But usually we find that it is a deeper form of communion and conversion and change that happens. Always in interfaith dialogue, we need to speak from a personal point of view, not speaking from the head, not speaking from orthodoxy or rules, but speaking from our experiences, first of all. Talk about cultural things rather than political perspectives. It's always most helpful. And finally, when comparing religions, one should compare the best of a religion to the best of another religion. It's very easy to find scum and terrorists and evil people within somebody else's religion and, and ignore the ones that are within your own. But there can be terrorists who call themselves Christians just as there can be terrorists who call themselves Jews or Muslims or, or Buddhists or atheists. You must compare the best to the best or the worst to the worst if you are going to do any comparison. But mostly we find that 
when one shares one's point of view, when one speaks from experience, the power of the dialogue, power of the sharing, and the desire to seek the common ground, to find those universal truths that are shared by all, creates powerful community. And then when you move on to, to seek goals and activities that you want to, to work together on, you'll find there are so much that can be done and so much that can be accomplished. I encourage you to engage in dialogue this week. Seek dialogue with people, especially who are different than you. And in it, I hope you find in that dialogue that you find communion and peace. Come to the Unitarian Universalist Church or the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship, and either one will give you opportunities to dialogue with people of great diversity and to find powerful community that could potentially transform the world. Thank you for listening to Converging Streams, Interfaith Fellowship in Our Modern World. Our program is a production of the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship with content and financial support from the Unitarian Universalist Church of Muncie and technical support from radio stations WCRD and Work FM. Most importantly, we thank you, our listeners and followers, for your support. To connect with Converging Streams, including listening to our entire catalog of past programs, getting our latest new content, and making your own contribution to this program, visit our website, convergingstreams.org. Converging Streams is produced by Tony Piazza, George Wolf, and Thomas Perchlick. Thank you for listening, and have a pleasant week.